Welcome, 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 everybody. Football Scoop Podcast. We're back, baby. All right. I'm broadcasting live from Lexington, Kentucky. I got John Bryce, Zach Barnett, college football experts. How are we doing, folks? Morning. Glad to be joining you from another chaotic weekend. Chaotic is the right word. Beautiful chaos. I love this sport. It was so much fun. First of all, so obviously I went to LSU, Kentucky, uh, complete apathy from the LSU fan base before the game, during the game, after the game. No one cares anymore. That It's not from there. The page be turned there, and that's going to happen soon enough. Uh, Lex was a great environment. I had a blast. Everybody was uh, incredibly generous here. Uh, we had a great time. Kentucky, uh, from their staff to uh, their fans to in 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 game and stadium hospitality was awesome all the way around. Love the place. Uh, and then we get back and we watch Alabama. <laughs> First of all, we watch uh, we watch Michigan hang on. We watch Alabama lose. Uh, it was just it was an epic night of college football. Tell me about your day, guys. You know, for for me, it was um, watching early on, starting with the noon games. They were pretty uh, entertaining. Some really remarkable stuff started unfolding. Um, I think the day really started kicking into high gear with with Ole Miss, Arkansas, and just what an incredible game that was. Um, Penn State, Iowa was remarkable for a lot of different reasons um, and, and an overall good day, I think, for the Big Ten. Um, and then, yeah, the, the chaos just continued to unfold over the, the course of the evening. So uh, Notre Dame got lucky. Tennessee, hat tip to uh, Josh Heupel and that crew. They've won two dominant games in SEC play back-to-back. It's been a while since Tennessee's had that kind of dominant performances in back-to-back SEC games. And, and the uh, Texas-Oklahoma, which I'll defer to Zach largely on that, but, but what a <laughs> – what a spectacularly entertaining game. Um, you know, uh, some people were like, well, some, some people said to me, oh, Jimbo gets the win to end the night against top Alabama, and Texas gave one away. But I thought, look, it's year one for Sark. It's, it's the half season for, for Sark. And I thought Texas should have won that game and looked like the better team most yes. of the day, Zach. The first half, they were amazing. Yeah, good, Zach. Yeah, so uh, my day, uh, I coached my younger son in his game that was at 10 a.m. local time. Ended, you know, right around. So we went home, uh, saw the first two touchdowns at home, then had to uh, hop in the car and drive to uh, rural Texas for my older son's game. Listen on the radio. I listened to 80, 75% of that game, uh, the Oklahoma radio call on uh while i was serving as the water boy for a third grade football game so i was glad to have that distraction because otherwise my uh i told people i was a i was a candidate to collapse at any moment and uh you know when i i tuned in the first half the oklahoma radio people sounded like they wanted to jump out of the cotton bowl press box uh they they had no answer Texas oh, yeah. was fantastic early. It was awesome. And then uh, the, you know, I, as I wrote Nuggets, it's that OU DNA. Like that program gets it going. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley said at halftime, they, uh, 
you know, they felt like they were going to win the game. And I think deep down, all 92,000 people want to know that once Oklahoma got its sea legs under them, Oklahoma was going to win that game. They, they were going to make the plays. I'm not, you know, the, you, you go back to 28-7, that fourth and one touchdown run changed the game. But I'm still, you know, 24 hours later not convinced that even if Oklahoma had been stuffed there and Texas had gone down to score to go up, 35-7. I, I still think Oklahoma comes back and wins that game. Um, obviously, incredible game as a uh, just as a college football product. Um, great comeback by Oklahoma, and yeah, plenty of uh, meat left on the bone for Texas and grappling now with a massive, massive blown opportunity. Yeah. So we're watching uh, Ole Miss Arkansas, and it's tied up. Ole Miss hits the long pass with what, like a minute. Uh, a minute and a half to play, takes it to the house. And, and everyone in the place where I am in Lexington, there was brown water involved. Everyone is yelling, go down, go down, stop, 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 don't go, don't score. Of course he scores. And then they almost lose the game, right? Um, I don't know as a coach, you can tell that kid to stop. But sure would have been nice if he stopped at the one, right? <laughs> and then we, then we got – Three plays, we, we drain the clock, we run in for touchdown, we kick a kick field goal if necessary. Tough, tough coaching moment, but uh, I was glad they didn't lose the game after that incredible touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like the Texas game. As soon as, you know, credit to them, they blow the lead, you're, you're trailing, come back, get the tying touchdown, but you score too quickly. With a minute 23, Oklahoma, all exactly. they needed was a field goal. You know, you can't turn down any opportunity for points, obviously, but it would have needed to have been under 20 seconds probably for Texas to take that to overtime. The defense was just absolutely gassed at that point. All right. So yeah. for those who don't follow football scoop religiously, first of all, I don't know who you people are, <laughs> but Zach writes nuggets each week. He's been doing this for years and uh, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's just that good. My favorite read every week has been from, for probably what, five plus years, Zach, and he felt yeah. the calling last night to go mm-hmm. with an extra, extra dip, dip nuggets. Tell me about it. Well, yeah, I, I, it's become a staple of the website. I, it, it's a challenge to write it, but I enjoy it. And uh, due to uh, you know, life circumstances, kids getting older, it's just I can't sit in front of the television from 11 a.m. Central to 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, or 11 p.m. Pacific, excuse me, every single Saturday. Uh, but uh, this past Saturday, um, schedule allowed, uh, and there was just too much. Basically, there was too much, and I was starting to think through, you know, the the Sunday superlatives column that I that I write that I have been writing, and I was like, how am I going to crown one one team as the national champion this week with everything? And that was before A and M. That was before A and M beat Alabama. I was like, I gotta, I, I, I gotta bring it back. And then AM goes on and beats Alabama. And I, I don't know how you can sit here and, and crown one team as the champion of the week just because, you know, Oklahoma comes back from 21 down for the first time in 117 Red River rivalries. Alabama beats AM, first unranked team to beat a number one team in, it's in 13 years. Uh, Iowa wins. Biggest home game in, in a generation there. I mean, on and on and on. It was just a, a blow-the-roof-off type Saturday. All right, let's do this. Let's do in 60 seconds or less. Give me thoughts on Alabama a and 
Um, I mean, that's a huge win, and that's an understatement for Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, especially having already lost um, not only to Arkansas, uh, trying to steady themselves without Haynes King that week and getting physically pushed around, but then also losing to Mississippi State. So um, for all the chaos of the weekend, I think I'll remember it for what Texas A&M accomplished and for how closely Nebraska was to getting a signature win for Scott Frost. Oh, yeah, I mean, did y'all see Scott Frost on the sidelines at the end of the game? It, I saw, it, it yeah. Was just, it, it, was well, defeat. It, was, it was hard to watch, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it looked like when, when you've poured everything into something and then you come up yep. just short. Yeah. Uh, to go back to, to the A&M Alabama game, I am just blown away at what a different player Zach Calzada was versus in Mississippi State and Alabama. In one week, he was a totally different player, completely decisive. Uh, the, his arm talent was never a problem. It was getting his his mind to snap into place and, and believe what he was seeing. And whatever Jimbo did, he got him to do it. And he only had one WTF throw of the night. And then you, you knew Alabama was going to rally, and they, they came back and took that lead. And from that, the final five minutes, A&M dominated that game. A&M was perfect, and Alabama completely unraveled. So great coaching job by Jimbo. Is this the year that Georgia actually gets it done? They're the best team in the country right now. They're the best team. And they're doing it with Stetson Bennett. And Stetson Bennett stretched the field yesterday. I mean, he took the top off Auburn um, and and really lit them up with the McConkie kids. So um, I I said it recently, maybe on like Nashville radio, um, I would give a Heisman vote if I had one to the entire Georgia defense. That's how dominant they are. Yeah. How about – I know Penn State loses a quarterback, but how about Iowa getting that W? I mean, that's that's a program, though. That's enormous for that team. Yeah, I mean, I watching that once it was clear I was going to win. And Penn State's eight false starts, eight of them, and I, I was just struck by what a contrast it was from 2020. And you know, we game after game played in empty stadium to see that. I just felt I just felt so grateful that we had a game where the fans. We're there and we're the deciding factor in the game, really. I mean, it was just an absolute great scene in a place that doesn't win a game like that. You know, as I said before, once in a generation to see that happen, it was a real privilege, I think. That's a great point. No, I was just going to say to Zach's point, that's a great point. And I would say um, to, on the stadium and crowd elements, We've seen it now each of the past two weekends. I think the crowd was a huge factor last weekend in Kentucky's win against Florida. Um, absolutely a factor for Iowa, Penn State, and, and probably a bit of a factor in Texas A&M and Alabama. And um, I'm a proponent of storming the field. Um, I love it. I think it's part of the uh, pageantry of the game. You hope for no accidents or any true mishaps, but – um, I love it. So I like seeing the uh, the sea of humanity coalescing into one on the field. I'm uh, I'm enjoying Michigan and Michigan State being undefeated. Uh, it, it, it was a good week for the Big Ten. I'm excited about the Big Ten. When was the last time I said I was excited about the Big Ten? Legit. Yeah, we're not we're not far away from a, a an Iowa Kentucky like atmosphere. We're Later on this month, Michigan goes to East Lansing. And if both of those teams are undefeated, I mean, that's going to be a, a festival-like atmosphere at Spartan Stadium. I love it. 
All right, John, tell me about Notre Dame. You, one of us skipped a bit. What you you want me to talk about? What? Tell me about Notre Dame. I mean, what did you see at Notre Yeah, Dame? Notre, Notre Dame played seven true freshmen just on the offensive side of the ball. They started uh, a true freshman in Joe Alt at left tackle. The, the uh, fourth different person to start at left tackle for Notre Dame this year. Um, the Buckner that's been playing time at quarterback was electric for a bit and then had a really, um, you know, an inexperienced moment where he threw into the boundary uh, against uh, a lot of sunk coverage for Virginia Tech and it turned into a pick six and nearly turned into what would have been Notre Dame's first back-to-back regular season losses in five years. But Jack Cohn, Mr. Steady, comes in, or as my friends uh, that are huge Notre Dame fans are starting to call him, Jack Montana, uh, came in and just very steadily led them to 10 points in about three minutes and seven seconds of time in, in the fourth quarter with less than five minutes to go on the road inside Crazy Lane Stadium. And so, um, you know, a, a program win for sure for Notre Dame because we've seen Virginia Tech be in these positions and not able to close it out. And we've seen Notre Dame, um, especially from 2017 on, find itself in these big games, not lose back-to-back games and find ways to win. Um, so I give Notre Dame a lot of credit for that. The Irish still have a lot of holes on defense. They did some great things, but they had a bunch of guys that didn't look fast enough or that took bad angles to the football. Zach, getting any other games we got to touch on before we get, get on the road today? Um, I think we got to give a shout out to the official uh, team of this podcast, the UTSA going on the road to beat Western Kentucky. I didn't think they could get it done. I thought Western Kentucky's offense would be too much. Oh, I, I picked the road. I picked they go, road they go out there and win. I picked the Yes, sir. Yeah. I picked oh, shout out. It, it's a shame on me. Yeah. Um, big win for uh, Avalos and Boise State. I didn't think that Huge. they could win like Huge. that at BYU. Um, so we talk about top 10 teams in chaos yesterday. BYU uh, suffered its first loss after it had climbed up to number 10 um, and just a huge win, especially early in that, in that tenure for Boise. So uh, I'm going back to Kentucky one last time. So it was my first time in, in Kroger. Um, I, was, I had a great time. No, I've been in Kentucky. Plenty of times. I've never been to a game. First time had the pleasure of visiting with uh, Commissioner Sankey uh, before the game. And, the hospitality here was fantastic. I really had I had a great experience. Uh, Kentucky is legit. Kentucky is a is a real football program. I love what Mark Stoops has done. He's got a great staff, uh, great people, great environment. Uh, big big fan of what uh, what's happening. Big presentation. Hats by ninety. What a fun day! All right, football scoop podcast. We're getting on the road. Looking forward to an incredible week next week, gentlemen. I'll talk to y'all soon. We're out later.